Megan, spring is one of our family's busiest seasons with tons of time on the go. There are so many places to be and details to remember. And the last thing I need is the constant irritation of uncomfortable shoes. So today we're talking about the Vionic Vitals collection from our longtime sponsor, Vionic Shoes. These are the best essential shoe styles for everyday wear this season. So Katie on our team is getting ready for warmer weather in Chicagoland with a pair of Vionic's Bella Toe Post sandals. These are Vionic's best-selling flip-flop style, and they have a cute little bow on them. They come in nine great colors, but Katie chose a versatile black patent leather. They're super supportive for her high instep, and they even come in wide sizes, which is a great option. Yeah, the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection are classics that don't really go out of fashion. And because they're such great quality, they're going to last as well, even with daily wear, which mine definitely get. And I love that Vionic offers a 30-day guarantee. Wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I'm Sarah Powers, and you are listening to the September 2020 episode in our Voices interview series. So if you're new around here, Megan and I take turns each month bringing you a conversation with someone whose expertise is in an area that, you know, we don't personally know a lot about. Or in today's case, the topic is something I think most moms think a lot about, but maybe don't have as many tricks up their sleeves to tackle as my guest. And that is clutter and decluttering. I am talking with Mandy Yang today. Mandy's a mom of three girls, ages 6 to 14. And in addition to her work as a social worker, she helps people declutter their homes using the KonMari method. Mandy and I will talk more about what KonMari is and what it isn't. So if you already feel lost, don't worry. But I was so excited to bring her on today because, first of all, she is a listener of the podcast from way back. And that is how she came on my radar. You know, as much as we can, Megan and I try to follow our regular listeners and their motherhood journeys and their career journeys. A lot of the times that's through Instagram. Um, And then for the ones like Mandy, who just keep sending us notes over the years and engage with our content over and over, we really do feel like we get to know you. So it was fun to bring a voice from our listener community to this Voices series today. And another reason I'm really excited about this topic is I moved this summer into a new home, which means things like organizing and decluttering setting up a space for like maximum efficiency. Those are all high on my mind right now. I got to pick Mandy's brain about all of that. And it was a really fun conversation. We talk about why this fall looks different for many families and how to use the KonMari principles of tidying up to bring kind of a sense of peace and calm to your home, even if there are kids learning and adults working in it. Okay, with that, let's jump into my conversation with Mandy Yang. Hey, Mandy, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. And I feel like I am a Mom Hour OG listener because I've been a fan since, um, I think, 2015, right? That's when you guys launched? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's just so real to be on. No, I'm so excited. And I mostly know you from Instagram. And I would agree um, when our Instagram presence was much smaller and, you know, we weren't posting very much. And you have just been such a cheerleader on there. And it's been fun to watch 
your own adventures grow. And we're going to talk about all of that. So this is really, really cool. Um, so why don't you just introduce yourself to our listening audience and talk a little bit about um, where you live and who lives in your house with you and what you and your partner do for a living. Just, uh, yeah, bring us into your home. I'm from the Twin Cities region of Minnesota, and my husband and I have three girls. They are currently, let's see, 14, 10, and soon to be six. We're kind of wrapping up birthday season here. Okay. He is in the law enforcement field. And then for me, my day job is a social worker, and I've been doing that for a decade now. Um, But recently, as my kids have gotten older and I just have a little bit more headspace, I started an Etsy shop and I'm a certified Kamari consultant as well. Oh, my gosh. Um, Well, that that is a lot. And those are some really um, important and impactful uh, careers to be in right now for you and your husband. So thank you both for everything that you're doing. And then you are doing some Kamari stuff um, on top of that. So we have to back up and define what we're talking about for any listeners who don't know. And so let me give my impression of KonMari first, and then you can be like, you can tell me where I'm totally wrong. So <laughs> okay. um, Marie Kondo wrote The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, uh, what, five years ago, probably? Um, I think, I mean, I read it several years ago, and it was like, a huge bestseller. And then um, there was a follow-up book and there's been a Netflix series. And she has a very specific method for dealing with basically the stuff in our home, our homes. Um, And people love her book. There are some people who really strongly do not like her book and her method. And I I know we're going to dig into some of the myths around that. So um, I guess just tell us how, how you came to that or What I'd really love to know is, have you always been interested in home organizing and decluttering? So maybe start there and then just talk Mm -hmm. about how you um, became a KonMari consultant, because I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. So I would say that I have always been kind of organized, or at least in my mind, I feel like it's organized because I know where everything is. But in terms of Kamari, I'll be real honest, I am a bit of a rebel. (laughs) If something is trending, like if it's really trendy, if it's really popular, I want nothing to do with it. And I don't like to be told what to do. Um, So I didn't jump on the Kamari, you know, bandwagon until later because I'm a questioner too. If you say, hey, you should do X, Y, and Z in these particular steps, I'm going to ask why. And then like, I won't want to follow that order, which is surprising because like you said, the Kamari method can feel prescriptive. Mm -hmm. There is a very specific order to decluttering and tidying with that method. It's instead of going by room, you're going to go by these five categories. So it starts with clothing and then books, papers, kimono, which is Japanese for everything else, like your bedding, your cleaning supplies, electronics, kitchen items. And then it ends with sentimental things, such as like the gifts, photographs, souvenirs, high school T-shirts. I mean, that's a pretty common one that I see with every single client I've worked with. Yeah. You know, we all have something from the past. Yeah. Um, I'm going to jump in there because I had totally forgotten already about like how um, how the order Mm-hmm. went. And so that is fascinating to me. I, there are things I remember from the book. And I love that you said you're a rebel and a questioner, um, <laughs> because you're right. That is, I'm, I'm sure we have people listening who either have heard of it and kind of dismissed it because it doesn't feel like it's their style um, yes. or maybe read it and, and disliked it. I'll just tell you mm-hmm. my experience reading the book. Um, 
And I have a little bit of both. I am like you in that I'm trend averse and I'm, I'm a little suspicious when things just like you said, take the world by storm. Um, but I'm not quite as much of a rebel and a questioner. That's more the Megan, as you know, from knowing mm-hmm. us. Um, yes. But I, I can be trend averse like that. So I resisted and then I read the book and like half of the things in the book, to be really honest, my reaction was this woman doesn't have children and she Mm -hmm. has lived mostly in large cities with apartments and helped clients who live in apartments. And so it wasn't that I disagreed with her methodology. It was more that like, I felt like, okay, there's a, there's a piece of this that is missing for those of us with a more suburban home with a bunch of kids and, you know, a kind of like an American sensibility around stuff, which is like Mm -hmm. for better or for worse, we have a lot of it. Um, but then what I found was that like, even though I had kind of a negative reaction to parts of the book, I really, um, I, I, certain things stuck with me, um, that, and I just remembered them. So I, I ended up with, I would say with a positive experience overall of being able to like take the nuggets that did feel like I could apply them to my life. Um, so I, I guess my question for you is what are some of what are some of maybe the misunderstandings around the KonMari method um, that you've had to deal with as, as you, as a rebel and questioner yourself, as you've come to embrace it and then teach others about it? Yeah. So I think the first one that we commonly hear about is books, right? Like, I don't know where this idea originated from, but Marie never said you can only have 30 bucks or I don't know, was it like 10? I don't even remember. Um, but that's actually the feature of the method that I believe has made it so appealing because the guideline on what to keep is a really simple question. Does this spark joy? Mm -hmm. Is it serving you? Does it have a purpose in your life? So if you love your books, keep them all. But if you have kept those books because you felt like you have to, let them go. And that brings me to another misconception. And that is that Kamari is minimalism. Mm. And it's not. Again, it's about keeping what sparks joy for you. And that will differ depending on every person. For some of my clients, their end result can look like they have minimized and maybe they are wanting a more minimal lifestyle, um, but for others, they still have a lot of stuff. However, they're at least keeping it with intention. Mm -hmm. And um, lastly, a common one that I hear about Kanmari is that they have to throw away everything that doesn't spark joy. (laughs) And then people panic and say, well, I'm not going to have anything left. Yeah. And yes, letting go. Um, you should let go of items that don't bring you joy, but, you know, keep those that serve you, even if they aren't that joyful. So an example would be like, you may replace that mixing bowl later on. It doesn't bring you instant joy right now, but if you need a mixing bowl, take really good care of it. Mm -hmm. Having gratitude for things can be a form of joy. Yeah. I I really like that. Um, especially in, we're living through a time where we're not running out to the stores and the malls all the time and people are very budget conscious right now. So I think a mixing bowl is actually a great example of something that may not spark joy. You may need a new one or a new set at some point, but it wouldn't make logical sense, like you said, to declutter or get rid of that in this season right now if a new one isn't on the horizon. I love that. Um, I wanted to ask you before what the certification or what um, what brought you to the actually the point of starting to work with your own clients? Was that like, um, did you take a course or how did you how did you go from, oh, I like this method to I want to help others? Yeah. So can I go back to my own personal Kamari journey? Because that's really what led me to the consulting work. Um, I first read the book on the Kamari method right after we moved into this home. And this is our second house. And so. 
during that moving process, even though we had let go of a lot of stuff already, we still rolled up to the neighborhood with two moving trucks. Mm-hmm. And I remember just feeling really embarrassed. And I told my husband, OK, let's leave everything in the garage, you know, take it from the moving trucks and just leave it in the garage. We're going to park outside and we're only going to bring in slowly what we need. And what do you know? After a few weeks, we only had brought in, I would say, less than half the stuff, which mm-hmm you know, is amazing. And I knew that we didn't need all that. So we donated the remainder away. But in a few months, the piles in this new house started to grow again. And Mm -hmm. that's when we did the Kamari method or also known as a tidying festival where you complete all the five categories. So that's called a tidying festival. And it, it seems really simple when, you know, now that I'm talking about it, but thinking back it was really intense because you were literally touching everything you own from every area of your home. Mm-hmm. But once we completed it, I I still feel like I can't describe it. It's hard to put into words other than just like it was life changing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, after we organized our home, we started to look at other areas of our life, like our finances. And finally, last year, we paid off thirty four thousand dollars of debt um, because as Marie says, once you put your house in order, you'll put your other affairs and your past in order too. So yeah, this method has been amazing for my family and I, and that's why I became a consultant to help others experience this transformation. Yeah, that's amazing. So what was that? um, What was that like becoming a consultant? I call it um, a little mini vacation (laughs) right now. (laughs) During the pandemic, they are doing virtual training seminars um, online. But when I became, when I attended the seminar, it was last, yeah, it was in the fall of last year. So 2019. And it is a three-day weekend. Um, It was there in Los Angeles, like a beautiful uh, resort. And Marie was there. Her team was there. So many women from all over the world um, arrived and I just, it was, again, it's it's just hard to describe, but to be in a room just filled with that many people for a passion of mm-hmm. helping others tidy up and then for them to have experienced the magic themselves um, was just, I, I just don't have any words for that. But so you attend the seminar and then afterwards you um, have two practice clients that you help through the method and one of them has to complete the entire method and then um, you submit your reports. So every time you meet the client, you uh, write reports and then you submit it and the team looks at it. Then you take a test, you have an interview and then you become certified. That's really very, very cool. Um, And I can see how there would be people out there who just aren't in a place to completely do this on their own, even if they've read the book and they they buy in on the methodology. Um, we we all know the value of having a coach or a consultant um, just to guide you through. So I think that is really, really cool. Sarah, our sponsor, Vionic, is back today with their Vionic Vitals collection. These shoes are the most essential styles for everyday wear to get us ready for spring, which will be here before we know it. We've already talked about my Uptown Loafers and Willa Slip-On Flat and your Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, but this collection also includes the Walk 23 Classic Sneaker. That is that unapologetic dad sneaker style that's so popular right now. And I was just thinking having all four styles would basically be like having a spring capsule wardrobe for your feet. Oh my gosh, that is actually such a genius idea, Megan. I love where you're going with this. You know, high quality shoes are such a classy way to elevate your wardrobe. 
And the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection really can be worn in your everyday mom life, whether you're running errands or dressing up for an occasion. Yeah. And let's talk about the comfort factor, Sarah. Vionic actually got started by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to make cute and comfortable shoes that can keep up with our active lifestyles. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya, is back on the show today, and I just really love this company. Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise. They're filled with two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk most parents don't really want their growing kids eating. That's why Haya, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin, was created. That's right, Megan. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern kids' diets to provide the full-body nourishment they need. And Haya vitamins have a yummy taste kids love, too. So we were just talking to Katie on our team, Megan, and she was saying that when they get down toward the bottom of the Haya vitamin bottle, her boys are fighting over who gets the last one. Oh, I love it. And I also love that Katie can feel good about that, right? Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door. So parents never need to worry about running out. And we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, we're back, and um, this episode is coming out in early September. By the time this comes out, Mandy, I think almost everybody's kids who will be starting school um, will have started or will start very, very soon um, after Labor Day. And I'm curious, so what grades are your girls in this fall? Because you have three kind of spread out. Yeah, they're about four years apart. And this was supposed to be a really big school year for us because I am... I'm going to be having a ninth grader and then I'll have my middle one will be going into fifth grade. So she's wrapping up Mm -hmm. elementary school and then my youngest will be going into kindergarten. So this is supposed to be a big year for us. Yeah. And that's a big like you have just starting elementary school. You have almost almost out the door of elementary school and then a high schooler. So, yeah, just feel for you and feel for everybody right now. But um, I I do think that back to school is often a time where people think about getting their homes in order. If we've been traveling over the summer and this is, I'm talking non pandemic for a second here, but you know, often, often kids might be home from school or schedules are different. There's camps and travel normally in the summer. So I have always really looked forward to reclaiming my space in the fall. And even when I had little preschoolers at home and stuff, there's something about the fall season that feels like a good reset. But in this year, things are very different. You know, uh, I mean, it's different for all kinds of ways. We do have listeners whose kids are off to school in person. There are places in the country that's happening. We have many, many who have kids learning at home or who've chosen different kind of daycare or homeschooling pods or there's like there's so much that's different about this fall. So I would love for you to help us make a case for why why this fall deserves a good decluttering decluttering just like any other or maybe even more. Yeah, I mean, when would be a better time to declutter than (laughs) during a pandemic, right? (laughs) I love it. Even if you're not wanting to declutter, I mean, I don't I'm sure for a lot of the listeners there too, but I 
have been in my home so much that mm-hmm. I'm just like staring at all my stuff. And so even if I'm not wanting to declutter, I'm really thinking about everything that yeah. is here. Um, and I feel like, you know, whether we want to or not, we have all had that time to reevaluate the way we live our life. And mm-hmm. that includes our home and our stuff. And being at home and, and living in this different world has really opened up my eyes to thinking about what is truly important. What do I truly need? Plus, like you said, fall is a natural time for families to reset. And this school year is going to require us to rethink how we structure our days in our home. Yeah, no, it absolutely will. And the other thing is people might have wanted to declutter or tackle home projects in the spring when we were when many areas of the country were truly shut down. And, you know, you saw people, you know, doing a deep clean of their pantry or getting into some, you know, home project. But now feels a little different because um, we we've all been doing this now for six months. And so even pandemic life has kind of taken its own toll. And what I mean by that is even if we started out in the spring relatively organized or if we did a big purge when when the kids all first came home from school or whatever, it's been six months. So more stuff can accumulate in that time period. So I agree. I think it's a great time to think about this. And what I what I would love for our listeners is not to be overwhelmed by the prospect of a full of a full um what did you call it a tidying festival a tidying festival yes (laughs) but more to see if we can over the next you know 30 minutes see if we can take some of the kanmari principles and find ways to apply them in this weird fall that we're living with so um one of the things i hoped to talk about was using the space that we have and using the things that we have and correct me if i'm wrong but this felt to me like something I really took away from uh, Marie's book, which was she really she really asked people not to go out to the container store. Not that there's anything wrong with the <laughs> container store or Target or wherever you like to buy cute bins and cute labels and not to have that be the very first thing that you do for for, I assume, a couple reasons. One that I remember from the book is you don't need you don't know what kind of bins you're going to need until you've gone through this decluttering process to get rid of what you don't need, but also that we may have things in our homes already that help us with decluttering. So let's start there. Let's start with how would, how would you talk about her philosophy of using what you already have? Yeah. So this might not be the most popular um, (laughs) tip or advice or what people are probably wanting to hear, but I promise you it's going to save a lot of money and clutter, you know, like Marie says, do not go and buy any bins. Do not, not at least not at first. Right. I think, um, you know, all those Amazon boxes that have been coming to the door yeah. during these yeah. stay at home times, fold them down, cut off the tops. They are perfect for a container. And then mm-hmm. my other favorite are shoe boxes. They're really sturdy um, and they're, they come in a variety of sizes too. So use what you have first. And I know it's so hard because buying the bins and the baskets, it's so fun, but Mm -hmm. you really can't organize until you have, until you um, know what you have and you don't know what you have until you know what you need. Yeah. Yeah. So um, my second tip there is to figure out what you need. And in the Kamari method, we call this a vision, you know, just thinking about what are your goals? What is the purpose of that space? Who is it for? Mm-hmm. And I think most importantly, how do you want it to feel? Do you want it to be an inspiring space? Do you want it to be relaxing, calm, cozy, functional? Your space and your storage should reflect that. And then I would say my third tip is going to be about 
boundaries, you know, whether you have a whole room or just part of an already functioning room for this season, having a place where everything is going to be necessary, just like both physically and mentally. So this means giving each item a home. I find that when I'm doing this, it forces me to really evaluate whether it deserves the space in my house. Label everything so you know where to return something. And if you're going to be using another space for work or school, having a portable caddy can be helpful to put it all away. Um, and then another part of that boundary is the mental piece. Even if you're going, you're not going to be working from home full time or your kids are going to be going back to school in person in some version, we're all going to be in our homes a lot more this year. So having some sort of ritual is part of that boundary making between uh, work, learn, rest and play. And some ideas are to have a playlist for a specific portion of the day, lighting a candle, using an oil diffuser and make tidying up simple so your family can take a surface from science class to dinner table. Mm -hmm. I like that. Let's talk a little bit more about this whole learning at home. And I know I know it's not everybody's um, situation. We do have listeners who are working full time outside the home and have childcare. But for those of us who, with kids learning at home, um, we are having to use space very differently. Um, I've seen a lot of people using a dining room, using a kitchen table. Um, how would you coach clients? Like, it's almost like moving. I mean, I did just move. Like, I just moved into a new house. But for many people, it's almost like completely reimagining the use of space. So I'm curious mm-hmm. how you would walk a client through. Would you... Um, would you have them completely kind of clean slate, declutter a dining room, for example, and kind of get it down to just the necessities and then start to bring in, you know, like you said, a school caddy or maybe a different chair for a child who's learning there? Um, would you have them kind of live and, and learn in that space for a few days and see what, like you said, prompt by what's needed? How, mm-hmm. how would you go about transforming one room into something that it, completely wasn't originally meant for, for this season. Yeah. I would encourage families to um, think about, again, the vision for that place and what is the purpose for it. And then um, if they are game, I would go and completely empty it out. And then from the items that they have emptied out, then sort, right? So just Mm -hmm. kind of sort them and put them in like with like piles. And then from that, think about out of all of this, which ones will serve that vision that we have for this space? And so then slowly put back the pieces, um, the furniture that is going to be in line with with their vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And we've been seeing a lot of photos online of really adorable home learning workstations, and there's nothing wrong with that. And so to our listeners, I want to say if that brings you joy to like do cute printables and and decorate the walls super cute, then by all means go for it. But as someone who just moved and I have three children learning at home, um, for me, it's been much more about function. Um, and my kids' workspaces are not cute right now at all. But um, I have been focusing on some little things that make this space really functional. And then like you said, I liked what you said, uh, uh, um, the whole family should be able to take a surface from cluttered to tidy and should know where things go. So we, that's another thing we've focused on with my kids. Cause we only moved into this house in July. So barely anybody knows where anything goes. And I had to really make sure 
with school starting that they had a functional space, but also we knew how to transform that half of the dining room table back into a dining room for the weekend. If, you know, if we wanted to, or maybe it's, maybe it stays up, but if we, if we do put it down, um, that we know where things go. So yeah, I, I like, I like hearing that. And I also, I guess I want to remind people that it's just a season. If you've loved the way that your, you know, kitchen table has been serving you for the last few years and you have, it's a little bit of grieving to convert it to a school learning table for a little while, but like everything else, it's not forever. So maybe we can look at it as Let's let's commit and make this a really functional space with a vision for this fall, but then know that it can go back to the way it was or it can become something new. Yeah, a huge philosophy of Kamari is living for the now. And so, like you said, this is definitely just a season. And as long as the space is serving um, our family right now, then that's all that you really need. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I love the tip about Amazon boxes and shoebox lids. <laughs> um, you can always you can always trade up, right, for something for a cute bin later on. But for me, until I've lived with a system for a little while, um, I don't necessarily know what kind of cute bin that I need. So I think that's really We are welcoming back Olive and June as a sponsor. And Megan, I'm so excited about this partnership because with spring right around the corner, I love refreshing the little things in my life, including my manicure. I am the biggest fan of doing my nails at home instead of at a salon because it's convenient, so much cheaper at just $2 a mani, and the results can't be beat. It all begins with Olive and June. Yeah, Olive and June's mani system has everything you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. These are profesh tools designed just for DIY. A couple of the items included are their best-selling poppy, which makes it so easy to brush on a smooth coat, even with your non-dominant hand, which you do have to use about half the time, it turns out, (laughs) and their award-winning cuticle serum, which is so nourishing and a finishing touch I love. Well, I've been a big fan of their quick dry polish for a while now. It seriously dries in about a minute, making it perfect for busy moms. Visit oliveandjune.com slash the mom hour for 20% off your first mani system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash T-H-E-M-O-M-H-O-U-R for 20% off your first mani system. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Okay, we're back and moving away a little bit from fall and back to school. I know that one of the most common questions we get about stuff and decluttering from our listeners comes from those with little kids. And you're kind of coming out of this phase, Mandy, as am I with your youngest um, being six. But there is a lot of stuff and a lot of the toys are larger and bright and multicolored and they don't all fit in a cute little bin anyway. Um, So I would love to hear about your tips for families who have small spaces. And and by small spaces, I would even include medium sized houses. I've lived in houses where it's not we're not lacking for space. But if you don't have a dedicated playroom or den or basement, um, you are still faced with the challenge of 
having a tidy home means eventually putting away the toys or having a place for everything, as Marie would say. So what are your best tips for small spaces or or maybe just challenging home layouts where there's not like one big room for all the toys? Well, I'm raising my hand too because like we are a family of five in a small space. In this home right now, I would say our let's see our square footage is about seventeen hundred, mm-hmm. which is considered small for yeah. um, Minnesota here. Um, so I I know the challenge of living in a small space quite well. I have two tips. My first one is to respect the size of your space. Mm. Don't go over your space budget. Um, but honestly. I don't think it's even about the size. I've been in homes, in the homes of my Kamari clients where there is a lot of space, a lot of square footage, and they still feel like they have clutter because no matter the size, you have to be intentional about what you're keeping. So then there's my second tip there, you know, to let go of items that are no longer serving you. Yeah. Um, What about toys that maybe are serving you, but that don't look so nice. I'm thinking about the, (laughs) you know, I mean, I remember being in that phase where it seemed like everything was brightly colored plastic. Things were big. There were activity tables and push toys and doll strollers. And, um, have you seen clever ways to store and, um, store and put away and tidy up when maybe it is serving you to have some of those things because your children really do play with them. And that's the season of life that you're in. I wouldn't ever tell a mom, like, get rid of all of your little tykes play kitchen stuff because it doesn't match your aesthetic or it's not serving you if it is serving you because your kids yes. are playing with it. But sometimes it's still large and plastic. Um, have you yeah. seen clever ways? Um, is it just about having only a few things in that room and rotating it out? Or what else can we do? Yeah, so I I do remember those plastic <laughs> toys with the batteries and the buttons and all of that. We we are out of that season. Um, but I would say for the families that I've worked with with small kids, um, with all of those toys, just having one spot of the home mm-hmm. to store them all in has been quite helpful. So that you know it doesn't mean that the kids can only play in a certain area of the home with all of the toys, but it just means when it's time to tidy up all of those toys go into one spot of the home. And that's where after you have gone through and decided which ones to keep, that's when you can go and get the, maybe a big basket, Mm -hmm. right? Like a big um, basket that matches your aesthetic to put all those items in. But um, I think that can be helpful. So then you're removing a lot of that visual clutter. If if that's the piece that makes you feel like, gosh, this room just feels so cluttered because there's so many colors everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I will, I'll also offer that as my kids got maybe out of the giant plastic toys phase and more into like preschool and younger elementary school. Um, I, I had gotten into this habit of thinking they needed to have access to everything all the time so that they could play freely and be creative. And what I realized was that they were still going for the same few things most of the time. So we really did start to put um, certain building sets or certain types of toys or games away, and then they would get excited to get them out. And and by get them out, all it required was that they would say, hey, mom, can we get out the marble track, for example? And that gave me an opportunity to be like, you know what, now's not a good time. Or, you know what, you guys need to clean up the magnetiles before you get out the marble track. Um, so it wasn't like, I didn't feel like I was being too restrictive, but it did remove just some of the amount of stuff that was out at any given time. Um, and that 
that was kind of the next phase after just like giant plastic things everywhere. So that that's been helpful for us. And now they know they know where those things are and they can get them themselves. And um, yeah, it works pretty well now. So and you have kind of helped um, guide them on putting things away, putting something away before you get something else out. Right. Right. Um, tried. So that, that has, yeah. So I, that I think has. there were actual tears about that this morning from more than one child. So I'm not, <laughs> not saying it works perfectly, but that's, that's the idea. Um, yeah. And depending, and like you said, I really appreciate that you said it's not always the size of the house, but, um, knowing, knowing what your space budget is and not having more stuff than your space can allow. And then I think the next thing is knowing where things go. Um, and that everything really does have a place. And that was another kind of, um, KonMari thing that I took away is it's so much less mental energy if you know where things go and things only go in one place. Um, So yeah, I love that. Well, I want to move on to talking about getting rid of stuff again, which is kind of where we started this whole conversation. But let's talk about our children because children do not like to get rid of their stuff. And this is another question we get all the time. And you have three kids and they're very different ages and they were different ages when you started your KonMari journey. So what kind of conversations have you had with your own kids about parting with like quote unquote treasures um, and how do you help your clients um, include their kids in this process? Yeah, this one is a hard one, these treasures, right? I mean, it could really mean like maybe sometimes a twig or a rock yeah, yeah. if we're thinking about kids. Yeah. Um, and I know many adults who have trouble parting with their treasures too. So yeah. I, I empathize with that. Um, going back to my tip about respecting the size of your space, surprisingly, this is a concept that even little kids can understand. So what I do for my kids is that each one of them has a joy box. It's really just a box with a lid, but what it does is it gives some spatial boundaries and control. And I tell them, you can keep anything you want, you know, aside, maybe like not food and live animals. (laughs) But aside from those two things, you get to choose what treasures to keep. And when the box is full, it's full. So then something has to go before something new comes in. And as for those outgoing treasures, uh, maybe the ones that are leaving or the ones that don't even make it to the box. I find that taking a photo of them with it or Mm -hmm. just taking the time, honestly, to sit down, ask questions, allow them to tell me about it is enough for them to let it go because I believe that treasures are ultimately just stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so, that is so true. And I think honestly, uh, listening to you talk, a lot of the hangups we think our kids have, we probably are still dealing with as well. So when we can really truly believe that this item has served its purpose, we can take a picture of it, we have its memory, um, we can then model that for our kids. And I have seen my kids mature a lot in this area. I love the idea of a joy box. And I love the idea that our kids can see us going through a decluttering process and parting with things that like, wow, you know, I loved this sweater. Like this served me well, but you know, I'm not, I haven't worn it in months and I'm ready to get rid of it. And I've got these great memories. And so I think if we model, 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 um, and then like you said, give them a place that is within their control, um, then, then eventually, at least with my kids, I have seen my kids attitudes about this change over time, including the one kid I just never thought would be able to part with things. Um, and he is now able to, so there, there is hope. Um, I believe on the podcast I've talked about going around with a black 
plastic garbage bag and sometimes making the decision myself. So I am not above that in certain circumstances and with certain categories of, of things. We have many artists in my house. So the amount of (laughs) artwork that they swear is important to keep even after we've taken a photo is like overwhelming. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, Speaking of overwhelming, um, I imagine we have some people listening to this who just are in a bad space mentally with their clutter because we've all been there, right? Where you look around and you just don't know where to begin. So what's something I, I have always found that having little successes can, you know, give you the momentum to keep going. So what's a good starting place if you didn't feel like having a tidying festival and you didn't feel like you had the headspace full of for a full KonMari, you know, overhaul, what's, what are some achievable things that any mom could do right now? Well, I think a really simple one, one that will make a big difference is to um, tidy up the surfaces. So the counters, the islands, the bathroom vanities, the desktops aim to have those cleared off at certain points of the day. It could be after each use midway through the day or at the end of the night. I always tell my clients, Surfaces are for doing, not storing. Mm. So shoot for a baseline of it being cleared off and return everything to its home, whether it's in the cabinet or in another part of the house or in the trash or recycling. Because t- having a tidy home is more than not having a lot of stuff you don't use. It's also about those tidy habits. And mm. we have a small open concept like a kitchen dining living room space and so we tidy up after lunch and dinner each day because so much happens right in that space and it really makes a difference i think our brains our brains actually look at the stuff on the surfaces like a to-do list so mm-hmm. that may be why it feels overwhelming because you're carrying around mentally you're carrying around in the back of your head all day but sarah i think finally I want to say this, like among all of this, all of the methods, all of the bins, all the stuff, what your kids, what your kids need most is a calm mom. So do what you need to do to keep that. If it means tidying up, tidy up. If organizing and labeling things bring you joy, like it does for me, do that. But if this sounds like one more thing you have to do (laughs) in this season um, and you feel like you have to do it, don't. Your stuff will always be there, unfortunately, when you're ready. I, I'm, that is like so great that you said that. And I, I totally agree. And there's a little natural tension there, right? Because sometimes the thing, like I'll just use exercise as an example, like sometimes we lean in on not wanting to exercise because it sounds so cozy to stay in our PJs and stay in bed. And sometimes we have to give ourselves the pep talk that no, no, (laughs) like you will actually feel better about this if you get on, get out there and do the thing and exercise. And I, I think, I think, decluttering and tidying is a little bit the same way. Um, giving ourselves permission to just, just listen to this whole episode and be like, Nope, I am not in the season of life for decluttering right now is totally fine. But also if you think that your mental space might actually be helped with, you know, those, those tidier surfaces, like when you said that uh, the things on the surface basically serve as like a mental to-do list, I was like, Oh my gosh, yes. It's like having, It's having little spinning tasks that you're not actually doing anything about right in front of you at all times. And I think for some people pushing through the hurdle of decluttering to get to that better mental space might actually be worth it. So I'm sure we have listeners on both sides, but I really appreciate you acknowledging that like 
it's not nothing nothing bad's going to happen if you choose not to tidy up today or tomorrow or this year so i love that mandy tell us about how people engage with a konmari consultant either with you or with someone in you know nearby are you doing things virtually right now in 2020 like how does this all work yeah, I am doing virtual um, consultations, coaching virtually right now. Um, so I had been doing the in-home work in Minnesota here, but then with everything happening, I am doing virtual sessions now. Okay. Um, and how, how, how can people find you online, your services? And I know you mostly from your Instagram. So yeah, how can people find out more? Well, if you're interested in some one-on-one coaching, you can find more information on my website at amongallofthis.com. If you're looking for a consultant in your area, there are some that are starting to do in-home work. You can go to kamari.com. I'm on Instagram at amongallofthis where I share tips and videos. And if you're wanting to tidy up those kid papers, I mean, tidying up papers is my kind of my special area. I love tidying up papers. And so um, you can go to my Etsy shop just by searching among this one word. Okay. Yeah. And we'll link all of those in the show notes too. So people can check you out and we'll make sure to link up your Instagram because you're very active on there and yeah, very inspiring. I have to tell a fun little quick story before we wrap up. Um, I have Speaking of cute bins, I have these bins from Target that I've had since the old house. Then we moved into the new house and I got some more of them because I knew where I needed them. Um, but I was struggling with how to label them. And I saw on your Instagram in your coat closet, and we can we can link up this um, photo so listeners can see what I'm talking about or put it in the show notes. But do you know the bins I'm talking about, Mandy, that look like basket weave, but they're plastic? Oh, yes, those are hard. Yeah, those are hard to label. I and you had a picture of your entry closet and it wasn't about the bins. The photo was more about how a family of five can can use this relatively small entry closet. And you had some great tips in there. But I was like, oh, my gosh, she has those bins and they're labeled. And so that sent me down this rabbit hole of figuring out how to label these bins. And so we'll have to throw a picture. I'll send you a picture of my labeled bins. But I ended up doing (laughs) I ended up using a laminator. And using little um, brads, like little push, um, you know, the little metal fasteners. And I was able to push them through and attach. And I don't okay. even know how yours were, but I like those are really popular bins, those ones from Target. And yet they're kind of hard to label because nothing sticks to them really. And there's not a place to put a label. So anyway. yes, yes, yes. All inspired um, by your coat closet. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. And fun tip, I call labels, I think of them like addresses, addresses for yeah, things. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. It, I think labels get a bad reputation as being overly controlling. Um, but now all of my kids can read and it's really great when kids can read and can be part of like, Hey mom, where'd you put all the battle bots? And it's like, Oh wait, there's a bin right here that says battle bot. So I think I used to poo poo labels a little bit more when I was the only one in the house who really kind of knew or cared. But when your kids can read, they can become part of the label, you know, the label system and know where things go. So I'm a fan. Um, Well, Mandy, this was really fun. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your KonMari wisdom. We will link everything we talked about up in the show notes at themomhour.com and we'll send everybody over to check out your Instagram. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been a joy. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Tea's Made. 
I launched back in November, and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter. Well, you know I am fan number one of The Teas Made. It's got such a cozy vibe, and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines, and home and family life. Just look for The Teas Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts, or head to theteasmade.com to find all the episodes. Hi, everyone. Megan here. Sarah and I would absolutely love it if you would hit pause right now, like right where you're listening, and leave the Mom Hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, this is one of the biggest ways you can thank us, and it really only takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, you can navigate to the Mom Hours show listing. So when you're in the episode you're listening to right now, click where it says the Mom Hour just above the play button, and then scroll all the way to the bottom and you will see the ratings and reviews. We would love if you would leave us one as well. Thank you so much for listening. 